0: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com your official station to talk jets the fan 1019 fm and always live on the free odyssey app
1: download it today Just that fast. Wednesday, November 15th. In the middle of the month. KM to AM on the fan. Call me up. 877-337-6666. We're mostly talking about Brian Cashman and his comments about John Carlos Stanton and how that's going to affect free agents deciding whether they want to come to New York and play for the Yankees or not. One, Yashinobu Yamamoto is represented by Joel Wolf, the same agent that represents Carlos Stanton. We were also talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And I'm just tired of Aaron Rodgers. I've been tired of Aaron Rodgers for years. His two COVID MVPs and then him telling the world he's immunized. And then for the last like 10 months here at WFAN and anywhere in New York, online, offline, it's been Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron What did the guy do? He played four plays and he's the center of attention and he knows that. Master manipulator, Jedi mind tricks. Oh, I'm coming back for what? There may be nothing to come back to. And that's when we spoke a little bit about the Buffalo Bills and them firing Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator, elevating Joe Brady. And the Jets' defense will face Joe Brady as a first-time offensive coordinator. Well, not first-time offensive coordinator, but his first game as the interim offensive coordinator with the Buffalo Bills. And the Jets feel like their season is still somewhat alive because there is a path to winning the division. They beat the Bills once. They did score touchdowns against the Bills. Maybe they can do that again. Or maybe Josh Allen stops turning the ball over and they look for some vengeance and get a win. 877 337 Speaking of getting a win, the Brooklyn Nets got a win yesterday in the in-season tournament, the first one ever played in Brooklyn. The gray court looked nice. We used to have the gray court a couple years ago. And the Brooklyn Nets are a scrappy team, a gritty team, a team that the fans can get behind. No clear-cut superstar. The one clear-cut superstar name, not performance, name, Ben Simmons, He's going to be out for a little while. We learned today that uh, he missed the past three games with a left hip contusion. He had an MRI, he's got lingering discomfort, and he's got a nerve impingement. So he's out, Cam Thomas is out, but it's Nets man up. The Brooklyn Nets have a bunch of hungry dogs. They're ready to play. Carlos Mendoza is now the manager of the New York Mets. He had his press conference yesterday. I enjoyed it. I'm somewhat familiar with Mendy as the bench coach of the New York Yankees. I think he's going to do a good job. I do think he's obviously a minion. I do. I think he's an extension of David Stearns. This is his first opportunity to be a manager. Um, he said that the Mets put him to work. I think that they pretty much, you know, tested his baseball IQ and what he do in certain situations. And they're going to they're going to be in lockstep. And I was on the fan weeks ago saying they need a new guy. Right. Don't go get Craig Counsel. Don't go get somebody else like Joe Madden, who managed elsewhere. Get your guy, right? If you're going to fire Buck Showalter, you brought him in for his experience and wisdom, you can't move on to another guy with experience and wisdom from somewhere else. Get a new guy that you can mold that can do your bidding, David Stearns. And they did. 877-337-6666. I got two hours. Let's get back to it. KM to 2 a.m. Mike is in Stanford, Connecticut. Mike, you're on the fan. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling in.
2: Yeah, I actually spoke to you uh, the week before Daniel Jones came back from his neck injury. Unfortunately, you know, he didn't last long. But I had asked you about the possibility of him wearing the collar for his neck.
1: I remember that call. yes.
2: Yeah. But, um, you know, even though I'm a Giant fan, I'm really, uh, I like to watch the Jets and uh Especially what's going on with uh, Zach Wilson and the quarterback situation. And your take on Rodgers, like needing to be this hero or needing to be the star and all of that, sounds spot on to me. With like, what the hell could he possibly achieve risking an injury like this to injure himself and screw up the whole team? Why, why even go
1: through this whole, you know, I, I, and not to cut you off, Mike, I just understand media. I understand him being a, a media manipulator. It, all this was because every Tuesday he goes on Pat McAfee, which is this number one show. ESPN paid him $80 million to go from FanDuel TV to ESPN, and Aaron Rodgers supposedly gets a million for that appearance. So he needs something to talk about. They thought he was going to be able to talk about the Raiders game, the Bills game, uh-huh. but he's not playing. Yeah. So to give himself something to talk about, he 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 created this whole thing, this whole narrative around him, defying modern medicine, and him being able to return to save the Jets sooner rather than later. Don't hold your breath. Like well, it's just, I just think it's well, nonsense. And this guy well, loves all the attention, and he's done nothing here. And now he's going on air talking about the Giants suck and they control the media. Shut up.
2: Yeah. Well, listen, I, I didn't mean to trigger you. Uh, it's like that old. Yeah, I'm not triggered. I'm, I'm having a good time. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I know, but it's like Niagara Falls, and slowly you turn. <laughs> um, but 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 as far as the influence, I mean, if he wants to do something for the team, to the extent that what you and a lot of people seem to think is going on with Zach Wilson holding rogers in high esteem it seems to me that it's really detrimental to the team to encourage in any which way a notion in zach's head that he's going to be the hero and what i mean if you've got can i go on for another minute
1: yes sir i'm I'm following you i'm going to add as soon as you're done
2: okay okay um but now it looks like They've got him Zach under wraps and so scared to make a mistake for like like 99 percent of the game that he 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 performs the way everybody sees him performing
1: and it's not but just him it's also the offensive coordinator that's afraid that's scared to make a mistake go on
2: all right okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and for whatever reasons, too, you know, like, okay. But then when it gets to be like crunch time and it looks like Zach is like somehow allows himself, and then they call certain plays that allow him to be the kind of free spirit that led to some success earlier in his professional career. But, um, okay, but then it looks like once they get in the red zone, whatever adrenaline that he's riding on, it almost looks like the heroic part of him kicks in, which to me may be being fed by his adoration of, uh, you know, Rogers. But at any rate, when I when I called in and your producer said, What do you want to talk about? I said I have this crazy idea that I'd like to talk to Keith about and that is what do you think would happen again if they get in the red zone and they put in the other quarterback who's got more experience and they have no interest in being the hero and doesn't get all jacked up and doesn't, you know, lose what's going on right yeah,
1: in front m- of them. Unfortunately, they, they're not going to do it. And let's try bring it home. There's no, there, no, no, no. There's no package. No, Thanks for the call, I, Mike. I I, I got to jump in here. When Aaron Rodgers went down four plays in, all the Super Bowl talk, all the expectations went out the window. And what they should have done, which they're still trying to figure it out. Here we are, week 10, Rob here The offense was tailored for Aaron Rodgers. That's gone. It should have been, hey, whatever Zach Wilson can do, great. Let's get creative. Let's have some fun. There's no expectations, right? There's no bar now. We lost Aaron Rodgers. The whole offseason, we did everything we could to get this guy. We don't have this guy. To hell with it. We're going to run double pass, flea flicker, design run, quarterback draw. We're going to have some fun. We're going to go out there. We're going to throw it around. We're going to take some chances. No. Nathaniel Hackett said, <gasps> I just came off of the worst season of my life in Denver. Sean, Sean Payton is trying to undo the damage I've done. Here I am. I, I'm thinking I'm walking into a situation with Aaron Rodgers. And I got a change for Zach Wilson. The first week we saw on the Mic'd Up NFL films, whatever it was, behind the scenes, maybe the Jets put it out, Nathaniel Hackett saying to Zach Wilson, I'm not going to change. Basically telling him you got to step up to run the offense as if he's supposed to be in year three, able to do what Aaron Rodgers does. No, you're a grown man, you're a professional, you get paid to be the offensive coordinator. You're supposed to adapt and change to his skill set. They're still figuring that out. Can I see one time, right? They they ran they ran the double pass, or not double pass, but they ran the wide receiver pass with Garrett Wilson throwing the ball to Alan Lazard. It was terrible. I could respect the attempt. Lazard didn't respect the attempt. Wilson was hurt the play before. The execution was terrible. Can I see Zach Wilson toss the ball to Brees Hall left, float out of the the camera shot, and then Brees Hall maybe throw the ball back to Zach Wilson and then Garrett Wilson be screaming down the field somewhere for Zach Wilson to throw a deep ball to? There's so many plays that they could have tried and they could have run, but they're scared. And Nathaniel Hackett has tried to force a round peg into a square hole for 10 weeks. Zach Wilson to stand in the pocket and read a defense like Aaron Rodgers. It's not his strong suit. It's not what the kid does. When the kid has had success, it's usually outside the pocket. It's usually improvising, creating, like you saw at the end of the Giants game. Like you saw a few years ago with some of those deep balls he threw to Corey Davis. What you saw him do at BYU. Rolling out being on the run, throwing to his right on the run, or quick throws like you saw last week where they're taking the decision-making out of it. Boom, 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 up-tempo. Not huddling too much, one read, one decision to make, man coverage, knowing who you want, in man coverage, throwing the ball. I feel like they've handcuffed him, and I feel like it's just a terrible matchup or a terrible pairing of Nathaniel Hackett and Zach Wilson. And I don't know, the Jets... The Jets have to bend to this Aaron Rodgers like story, this Aaron Rodgers narrative. And like I just told you, this whole thing with him coming back, oh, huh, Aaron Rodgers is throwing before the game. So what? His Achilles isn't in his arm. Okay, he can walk a little bit. He can do a little three-step drop. In the NFL, do you see these monsters like Max Crosby, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons? Josh Allen, not Josh Allen from the Bills, Josh Allen from the Jaguars that exist. T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers coming back for one of those guys to snap his Achilles again? Please miss me with the Jedi mind tricks already, okay? We're in week 11. Their season is on the brink. They need to go beat the Bills. They need to go balls to the wall. Anything goes. Try anything. Do anything to get the ball into the end zone and score. That defense, man, that defense is hell for any opposing offense. They have embarrassed every quarterback they've faced. That defense deserves better back-to-back years. Defense, oh, well, we got to score. No, you don't. Your job is not to score the ball. That's a plus if you're able to have a pick six, a scoop and score. But this offense has been historically bad. This quarterback has been historically bad. and I heard Evan talking about it today. The offense is worse under Nathaniel Hackett. And part of that is because they absolutely won't make a change to a Tim Boyle, who's also here because of Aaron Rodgers, or a Trevor Simeon, who they just have as a practice arm. 877-337-6666. Jarvis is up in Harlem. What's up, Jarvis? You're back on the fan.
3: Oh, uh, what's up, Keith?
1: How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm in here watching Klay Thompson and Numb get ejected at the start of that Warriors game. Yeah, I'm just watching the Nuggets and
3: Clippers, like, you know, they are. All- The club down got up by one, so I'm watching it right now. So, you
4: know,
3: hope our Nuggets get a win in the fourth quarter, three minutes and 32 seconds. So hopefully they get a win. But uh, I want to talk about the Jets and, you know, this Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, so, like, I don't know about yesterday. I was listening to BT, and he's saying, like, well, if you think that Zach Wilson is a terrible quarterback, then you don't know football. I'm like, that's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's like, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is he? T- why? What is he talking about? Like, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It has I mean, gotten so. to a point, man, where
1: I, I just we don't know anymore. Like, we don't know what to say anymore. We don't. I don't even what? think we know what we're looking at anymore. Good quarterbacking is putting drives together, getting first downs, and then punching it in, scoring points. We look at Zach Wilson throwing a no look pass. We look at Zach Wilson step out of bounds, but dive at the pylon. Oh, it's like we're lowering the bar for this kid. They're what, not what, scoring what? points. They're not scoring yeah. touchdowns. That's not good quarterbacking. The whole when you play Madden, are you a good quarterback? Like having a couple completions? No, you got to score. You have to win. That's the whole point of the game. When you go watch, what? when you go watch any level of football, high school football, right? Usually the high school football teams they got a good quarterback, even if he can't throw the ball. He runs the ball, gets first downs. He gets them in the end zone. The quarterback is supposed to distribute the pill and get the ball across the goal line. It's that simple. Now we're looking yeah. for anything to say Zach Wilson is making progress. Zach Wilson, oh, look out. Zach Wilson's going to be good somewhere else. You don't know that. Yeah,
3: oh, yeah. Oh, And he said, oh, he's going to be a superstar. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, you know, when, that kid's since, a stallion. When, since, since when Zach Wilson become a superstar, in his third season as a quarterback. Man, I, I don't know. We're in, in earth a earth parallel
1: universe sense. with these Jets and, and the narratives and the things that we just keep grasping for. They're four and five. They've lost two right, games right. in a row. They can't yeah. score touchdowns. They are a better team than the That's Raiders. They could not beat the Raiders because they could not get in the end zone. There were they a ton of the penalties. Either. They put
3: out 27 they're points. not well coached,
1: their- right? The Chargers game, they're giving the game away. They're not well coached. They don't have a good quarterback. That's why they did everything to get Aaron Rodgers, and it blew up in their faces because you add Aaron Rodgers' bad karma, negative energy with the curse, and the and the same old Jets, and. Boom. Yeah, I mean, I don't know.
3: I don't know if they're gonna go to Buffalo and beat them for the second time. I know they beat them in Week One, but I don't know how they're gonna put up twenty points in Buffalo. I mean, right that's, after that's Buffalo,
1: after Buffalo, like, okay, I get, I get that the. The Broncos lost to the Jets, but that was weeks ago before they turned the corner. And the Buffalo Bills now, after losing their offensive coordinator, that that whole place is shaken up. They've got another yeah. home game to redeem themselves, and they're going to think about week one when they lost to the Jets. Uh-huh.
3: D- Josh yeah, Allen's going yeah, to find a way. Yeah, they're looking for revenge, you know, so. You know, I think hopefully. Josh Allen
1: will still turn the ball over because that's what he what he does, but he also finds a way to put a drive together and get in the end zone. And if Zach Wilson can't do that against the Bills defense, who the Bills defense lost some of their best players this year. They should be able to, but that's what I'm saying. I'm calling for the offense to get creative, take some chances. What the hell do you have to lose? You lost Aaron Rodgers four plays in. That should have been the attitude right away.
3: I mean, Scared money don't make no like, money, man. Take yeah, a mean, chance. I mean, yeah, to think that he's gonna come back in December, man. This, this stopping and that's he's stupid. That's yeah, like I, that, that's such just, a waste like, of time. Aaron, yeah, Aaron Rodgers coming like, back. You, oh yeah, okay, I'll believe. Because that undermines the
1: quarterback that you have, right? And I and I said that in the beginning. Jedi mind tricks. Oh well, maybe they'll play just a little bit harder with the hope. He's coming back. He's coming back. Yeah, but then okay. that looks at Zach yeah, Wilson, like, like yo, this playoffs. this kid isn't good enough to lead us to victories. This kid's not good enough. About- I, I said it. I said it right away. I said mm-hmm. the story should be that Zach Wilson is good enough to be the quarterback that ends the drought for the New York Jets. But they rather focus on every other thing. Yeah.
3: How about how about, how about this man make the playoffs? I mean, you've been the longest. They're, drive. Not gonna. You know, they're not gonna. Yeah, like I don't think so either. So I think they'll be probably losing next two and probably be four seven. So. You know, that's all I got to say. Have a good night. Keep, take
1: care, man. Thanks for the call, Jarvis. Always need Jarvis to come in and, and you know, take a dump on the Jets. That's all Jarvis does with his call. These Jets fans, man. You know, all Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's, like, it's nuts. Here we are in week 11, and they're still alive. They actually are unkillable, BT. They're still alive after all of these things we've seen. Zach Wilson fumbling the ball. Zach Wilson throwing interceptions. Zach Wilson playing... Two good Sunday night football games, but still giving the game away. He played a good Sunday night football game against Taylor Swift and the Chiefs, and then he fumbled the ball on the most important drive. He played a good Sunday night football game, or good enough, right? Like, we're not saying, like, we wouldn't say that was good enough for uh, the upper echelon if Dak Prescott is doing what Zach Wilson's doing. We're not, that's not good enough. But we're saying Zach Wilson played good against the Chiefs, good against the Raiders, but he literally gave them the game. That interception to Spill Lane, that was a terrible pick. That was a terrible pick for Pop Warner football. What are you doing? You don't have any awareness of the middle linebacker right there? You can't throw the game away like that. Yeah, I got to be better. Yeah, you do got to be better. We've never seen a quarterback be this bad for this long. The NFL stands for not for long. Guys don't get this long of a leash. Only the Jets. You can't make this stuff up. Only the Jets. Only the Jets. Can out Jets the Jets and only the Mets can out Mets the Mets. Let's go to Mike and Bradley Beach on the fan. What's up, Mike?
5: Hey, it's good to talk to you, man. I'm a suffering Jets fan, and I'm also a now suffering Yankees fan because apparently all four of the major sports teams are pretty much in the same ocean. <laughs> we're all at the bottom. Nuts. We can't um,
1: we can't get a champ. You know, people were telling me to talk about Gotham F C, the women's national women's soccer league champion. I can't name a player on the team. <laughs>
5: If they win games, you know, it'll be more exciting than watching the teams we follow. I mean, they won I mean. the
1: championship. Shout out to Los, uh, Los Franchise on, on Twitter. I said, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? I tried to talk <laughs> about the Gotham women's soccer team last night. But, I, you know, I, I don't know. I said, oh, I think, you know, Megan Rap- uh, Rapinoe on the team. No, she was on the team they beat. But, yeah, we're struggling right now. We need a champion. <laughs> we need one of these teams to rise. I'm a Devils fan, but, I mean, the Devils are without their best player, two two of their best players. If the Rangers make a run with uh, Peter Laviolette and and these guys, so be it. So be it. I know the Devils fans hate to hear it, but we need a champion. We need a winner in New York.
5: At this point, it's like, you know, um, just prove it. You know, we believe it when I see it. You know, you bring in the Jets, you know, bring in Aaron Rodgers with the Jets and that whole story, and it's like he wants to come back. Okay, show me. You know, talk about all you want. I ignore the talk. Just show me. You know, and I I called originally because I listened to the press conference today with Carlos Mendoza, and there is a tie-in with all of it. I know nothing about him. I know he was on the bench of a crappy Yankees team that Cashman has run into the ground since he took over. They had the blueprint for a good team going back, you know, in the late 90s, and he managed to squeak out a championship in 2009, and they haven't done anything. You know, their formula... Their bought that one.
1: Is, Loaded up and bought that one in the off season, and they haven't been able to really do that since. They tried to do and that they- for Jeter's last year. We're going to add Beltron and Ellsbury and McCann, and they didn't oh, make the Ellsbury. postseason.
5: Ellsbury one of the worst moves ever.
1: <laughs> um,
5: short of well, now there's a long list, right, of uh, moves that Cashman uh, yes
1: has uh, has made.
5: But I, uh, Mendoza said something interesting. He was talking about you know the question was like, why did you want to come to the Mets? And he said he wanted, you know, when he heard that the Mets were looking for accountability and responsibility and wanted to change the culture, Mendoza's response was, I like that. That sounds really good to me.
1: Yeah. That's like one of his sucks. core values. That's what he said he was all right. about.
6: Mm.
5: So In thinking, contrast
1: to what, Mendy?
5: Right, right. You crave what you don't have, right? So you were on. he was at the Yankees for five, six years. He's probably sitting there looking, and there's no accountability over there. Nope. Same with the, you know. Same with the Jets. The Giants, they're they're picking their they're picking their uh the wrong fall guys in certain cases.
4: You know, you could talk
5: about any one of those teams for years. You know, they got rid of Tom Coughlin in uh over in the Giants. They shouldn't have done that. That was clearly a bad move. The Jets hold on to certain players too long. Lazard is a major part of the offense. Why? Luzama's still on the field. Why mistakes? They get clear mistakes. Right? But but where's the where's the accountability and responsibility? I'm like who you, Who's answering the
1: who here? <laughs> we don't. We don't ever seem to know. We all talk about it, and I think we come around to who should be answering, and these guys get the duck. Right? I called Joe Douglas to the front of the conver- uh, congregation a couple days ago. Hey, buddy, we we got to talk about uh, all these lack of moves, or you know, you you thought because you made the Aaron Rodgers move, you saved the day. It's a house of cards. But yeah, I, I right, heard that they, from Mendy too. Um, I think you know, kind of, Scott. I think Mendy wanted to get from out of the Yankees organization for sure, right? Because Cashman doesn't have to be accountable for all the Billy McKinney's, Willie Calhoun's, Franchi Cordero's, Aaron Higgs, Josh Donaldson. And this guy can literally stand in front of the media and tell the media, I think, we're pretty effing good after he had a bunch of bottom-of-the-barrel, clearance rack Scrap heap guys on the New York Yankees. Take accountability Bart. and say I didn't go get the best talent over the years, that I made some dumb signings over the years, that I made some bum trades over the years. And, you know, when Pat called me before, who's a longtime Yankee fan, I know there are longtime Yankee fans that are like, you know, this isn't a drought. What are these kids talking about? I'm I'm not a child. I have a child now. But I, I'm online with these 15, 20, 25-year-old kids. They don't remember 2009. It is a drought for them. It's it's you know, consistent errors for them, missing out on top players for them.
5: I mean, two thousand nine was fourteen years ago. I mean, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, that's the if whole you're fifteen, era. of course you don't remember it. And there's twenty five year old kids they faintly remember Mark Teixeira.
5: <laughs> disaster,
1: Giambi, disaster, I mean, it's not disaster,
5: but just uh, underperformed.
6: Right? It didn't that, work it, out. It had, to
5: me, that move that move started. It, that was the Cashman era. It, to me, started when he got Giambi and got rid of Tino.
4: But 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 Cashman is poking his
1: chest out and defending himself right now because they have winning records. You better have a. You're you're in New York City. You're the New York Yankees. You have all the fans and all the money and all the things you need to be successful. And you consistently make stupid moves. You consistently pass on talent. Guys that grew up Yankee fans. That's what I was saying before. What makes these guys want to come here now? Bryce Harper wanted to come here now because he watched Jorge Posada. Corey Seager wanted to come here because he watched Derek Jeter. What's the next era of, of baseball players and free agents going to say that they want to be Yankees
5: for? They can be a Yankee so they can go win a championship after the trade. <laughs> like all of those guys you mentioned. Right,
1: that's like, yeah, that's, and, and that's what I said about October. The Yankees were the butt of every joke, the running oh. joke. The Yankees, former Yankees pitchers get together, and these guys aren't friends. These guys haven't played together. Some of these guys weren't even Yankees together, but you see Nady Valdi, right. Jordan Montgomery, uh, Aroldis Chapman, and I'm blanking on the last one, that, that all got together to take a picture together and smile and uh, laugh they, at the Yankees. Oh, of course.
5: I was listening the night they, uh, the Rangers won to you, and, like, you're watching the post-game post coverage, and you rattled off, like, eight of the names. There were, like, five or six Yankees, five or six X-Mets. I was just like, man, all of <laughs> that's one of my favorite things. As a they they leave
1: New York, and they ride off in the sunset in Texas. Good for them.
5: And it's just, like, every name is like, there was a bad move. There was a bad move. Jordan Montgomery, which I forget which disaster trade that was.
1: Um,
6: it was well, Harrison got, Bader. Um,
1: Right, but, Bader. but but you know what? Cashman signed Aaron Hicks to an extension after trading for him that probably no one else would have done. And since Hicks but, wasn't good, Hicks wasn't available because he was hurt. You needed a center fielder, so he traded for a center fielder in a boot and gave up Jordan Montgomery, who they said wouldn't make a left. start. Wouldn't make a start for the Yankees. Everybody listening knows won't make a postseason start for the Yankees. They they wouldn't let him pitch the way he wanted to pitch. And he goes out. Oh, Andrew Heaney was the other guy. Just came back to me. Andrew Heaney was terrible here. Another trade deadline move. He was supposed to be an innings eater. And they kept forcing him on us. The guy didn't want to go out there. Field of Dreams game. Ruin the Field of Dreams game. Thanks for the call, right. Mike. We got to break it down. <laughs> we got to break it down. Yankee fans, call me up for uh, the next 30 minutes or so. We'll, we'll, we'll have that conversation. But it's wide open for the Jets fans that want to talk Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, It's wide open for the Nets fans that are feeling some type of way about having a team again. Rangers fans, if you think that your your team's got it, you're the the closest chance. I've been on record saying, I think two years ago or maybe last year, Evan asked me, I said, I think the Rangers are the next team to win a championship in New York. Definitely not one of these football teams. 877-337-6666. We'll be back after this.
6: Call from mom. Answer it. Call
7: silenced.
0: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Daniel Jones brings his team to the line. In his
0: first playoff start, he played like a great player tonight when this happened you talked about it on the fan and the new york giants are on to philadelphia to take on the eagles when new york sports happens talk about it here the fan 1019 fm and always live on the free odyssey app
1: Wednesday morning, Keith McPherson on the fan, just watching uh, college basketball. I don't think we ever really talk college hoops. Maybe St. John's. I know I was watching St. John's a little bit against Michigan. They were holding their own for a little while. Then that got out of hand. Duke won tonight. Kansas won tonight. Michigan State took the elder to Duke. Kentucky lost to Kansas. I'm in here watching uh, ESPN. And... Taking your calls at 877-337-6666. You might not know what we're talking about if you're just tuning in. Mostly the Yankees and this whole situation with Brian Cashman and his tirade and telling everybody about uh, his analytics department and the Joey Gallo trade and trying to defend himself to the media last week. And then that turning into his comments about John Carlos Stanton. I don't know. Is he playing a game here? Is he trying to get Stanton to waive his no-trade clause? I don't think that's going to happen. I think Stan likes being a New Yorker. I think he likes living here. I think he likes showing up to Madison Square Garden with Judge and escorting Drake out for his concert, sold-out MSG concert, and being you know one of the kings of New York, even if he is hitting 191 and striking out a bunch. like I don't think he goes anywhere. Or maybe he's just trying to motivate Stan, right? Maybe he's just trying to motivate Stan to work out hard enough so that he can actually run the bases again. <laughs> Whatever, yo. Ultimately, that was Cashman's decision to trade for Stanton and take on that contract, which, you know, the Marlins made that contract and they just got out of baseball. And then that same decision stopped Cashman and the Yankees from going to get guys. You guys know. You guys know. We've been going over all this for a while now. It's just funny that we end up here where the GM is speaking on his players, and I don't think he said anything wrong. We— If we've watched the Yankees, right, the last six years that Stanton has been here, he's been hurt pretty much every year. I mean, his best year arguably was 2018 when he first got here. I think he had almost 40 bombs. And, you know, people talk about his postseason in 2020. I just like, I don't know, they came up short. It wasn't like he had a historic run that won him anything. It's tough, man. It's tough because he he makes a good chunk of money. And he's not effective and they're stuck with him for a little while and I don't care what Cashman tries to say in the media or to a reporter and I don't I don't care what Joel Wolf have what Joel Wolf has to say either his agent you know if Yamamoto I hope y- Yamamoto's oblivious to this I hope Yamamoto just wants to be a Yankee and he doesn't care about Stanton and Cashman or whatever and I hope Stan gets it together and I hope he has a chip on his shoulder and something to prove he's 33 he's not it's not 40. He's a guy that could be a Hall of Famer. He's said a ton of home runs. And he's a guy that the Yankees were depending on a lot these last couple of years. I mean, that's Brian Cashman's fault. You know, it is what it is with, with Cash. We're also talking about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson and the deja vu with the Jets and Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett not being that great of an offensive coordinator. But Aaron Rodgers wanting to put on this weekly spectacle of, oh, I'm coming back and... Going on Pat McAfee and talking, I think he, he overstepped this week with the the Giants suck and they control the media and that's why you're not hearing about it so much. And yeah, I'm coming back uh, after Thanksgiving to be around the team full time. Okay, just do all that quietly, but you can't because you have an obligation to speak on that platform and you can't talk week to week about the opponents you faced because you folded four plays in, so you got to make it about your rehab and defying modern medicine and... Talk about other things. Whatever. Eight seven seven Let's keep it rolling. Bruce is in Flushing. What's up, Bruce? You're on the fan.
6: Hey, keeps Three Yankee points if I can. Okay. First point. On Cashman, I have two takes on why he said the things he said about Stanton. One is what you said. He's trying to get him to okay for, to move him in trade. But I don't necessarily believe that. The second is what I believe. I think something snapped in the catchment. I think for many years he was the power behind the Yankee throne. Now Judge is whispering into Hal's ears. Nick Swisher is talking to Hal. You got increased responsibility for Mania and Brian Sabian. I think Brian has just had it and wants to go away, but doesn't want to give up the contract.
1: So (laughs) He's trying to get fired. Yeah. (laughs) Because things aren't the way that he's used to with him having all the control and all the saying, no one challenging him. Yeah, that's an uncomfortable guy right there. It's clear he's uncomfortable. He doesn't like the state of affairs now with him being checked and questioned and fans saying fire Cashman and signs in the stadium and T-shirts. Shout out to Ball Vinny. I know he sold hundreds of those T-shirts.
6: <laughs> and I'm just wondering, because if you notice, Hal has changed a little bit over the last six months to a year, being a little more forceful. He did it in the judge negotiations. He did it when uh, who was the, the the Yankee pitcher who got bombed on a Friday night? Um,
1: Jameson Tyone.
6: Tyone. He said, "Okay." Get rid of this guy. I mean, that's a George move. That's not really a Hal move. So I'm wondering, when does Hal call Brian and say, Brian, either shut up or I'm getting rid of you. I've had it. You're getting out of control.
1: I don't know. I think we're close, right? Because he did speak out and say, I don't like the cussing. <laughs> Hal said he didn't, like, he didn't like Cashman cursing, but he says he likes the passion and, uh, you know, Brian standing up for the organization. And I, I don't know. Thanks for the call, Bruce, and the points. Yeah, and I think it was a Friday night. I think it was at the game. I think it was Hawaiian shirt night for the Bleacher Creatures. It was the Cubs series. And Tyone, who the Yankees moved on from, shoved against the Yankees. And then they fired Dylan Lawson right after that. And it was like, oh, the Yankees have never fired a coach in season. But I guess Hal wanted him gone because he's like, yo, we can't hit. Our guys can't hit against a guy that had been here for years. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's a mess. Alex is in Linden, New Jersey on the fan. Straight off of Twitter, Alex. You're in there.
4: Hey, what's up, Keith? Yo, you're talking about Ball Vinny, Hawaiian shirt night, man. You're bringing back memories for me, like 07, 08. Yeah, man, you were was, out there before yeah.
1: me, brother. I I wish I was up there. I was, I was in James Madison University. We'll talk about JMU in a second. But, yeah, I was down yeah, in Virginia. Man, I wasn't in the bleachers back then.
4: I got a quick story about that, if you don't mind, then. Hawaiian shirt night. It's 2007-ish. There's Angels fans sitting in front of us, and the guy said he had he was like, who is that on the loudspeaker? Because he's like, that guy sounds like God. And we're like, what? You've never heard of Bob Shepard? And <laughs> that guy got it all night from us. You know, it was fun. But, like, the guy's like, who the heck's Bob Shepard? And we're like, man, and I'll never forget that Hawaiian shirt night like, because we just dogged that guy. <laughs> An Anaheim Angels
1: fan sitting in Section 203 made a mistake. This
4: was actually section 39, Keith. I think this was an old stadium. Oh, old old stadium,
1: 2007.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, So, honestly, I just called about the uh, Cashman stuff. It was kind of funny to me because I feel like if Brian Cashman hadn't been so corny last week, people might have respected it more. But at the same time, he can't win because when he stands up for a guy who's hurt, everyone's mad. He finally attacks a guy everyone's mad but I really think it the energy came his, from last week his
1: delivery was all wrong you can't go 82 and 80 and then be on the defensive but it's clear that he had a month to think about this and he looked in the mirror and he said you go out there and you tell them you're a good GM and the Yankees are good no matter what he should have been a little more humble and and he was I agree. he had he had prepared statements but his delivery was off because that's not what that's that's not cashman we used to, we used to see him at a podium. We used to see him at a table in front of a microphone and the media talking yeah, to him there. They were, they, yeah. they were surrounding him at the GM meetings. And it was like he was yeah, getting jumped. He was getting jumped. So he was he was throwing haymakers. And they weren't connected, this, though. <laughs> this
4: guy, I think Jason Zillow needs to take him back to PR school for a minute. <laughs> Zillow, had Zillow was standing oh. behind him, man.
1: <laughs> Zillow was right? not even looking. In, Zillow was standing behind him looking in <laughs> the other direction like he couldn't hear
4: anything. <laughs> Yo, Jason Zillow was saying, like, Yo. Shout out to Zillow. Yo, oh my God. Oh my God. Keith. I you know what? I actually again I thought it was New York porch again. Like I didn't believe it. Yeah, you thought it was made up. You thought they were trolling.
1: Like, no, Cashman actually went out there (laughs) defending the Joey Gallo trade, the Sonny Gray trade, talking about Stanton, talking about the analytics department, saying he thinks that that, we're
4: we're really effing good.
1: I don't know, bro. It's not gonna be over. It's not done yet. (laughs) He better. You know, he, right, who's he a going night, after right? yet? Next, go after Juan Soto. Go <laughs> after
4: Yamamoto. Yo, have a good night, Keith. Be good, all right? Thanks
1: for the call, Alex. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I don't know. Like, imagine somebody's attacking you and people are talking about you and you have all this time to stew over it. They had plenty of time. They had some, like, 33 days to figure out what they were going to say. And I, I know it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, you can't win. But I think Cashman's approach of of the cursing and going on the defensive, and even the thing—it's clear it was like it was almost like he was replying to tweets. <laughs> He's got a burner account. He, he reads Yankees Twitter too much. Like some of the stuff that he was saying, the, the reporters weren't even asking him. It's like, where is this coming from? Bob is in Delaware. Bob, you're on the fan. Hey, how
7: you doing, Keith?
1: Good, good. How are you?
7: Not bad. I. I really had a question. First of all, I like to listen to WFAN. My right. question is, you, you were quarterback for James Madison. Third street. By the way, that's a very good football team.
1: Yeah. Um, we're going to definitely talk about them. College game day is going there this Saturday. And I think the more people that talk about JMU, the more likely the NCAA will let them play in a bowl game this year. But go on. But I
7: can tell you, it's been a very profitable year.
1: Oh, yeah, they're undefeated. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I watch their yeah, games yeah. every weekend. I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, fast forward all these years, I can watch JMU and Monmouth football on TV every Saturday. Those are the two schools I played at.
7: Yeah. I, they, they,
1: they used to never covered. be on TV. If we were on TV, it was playoffs. It was the FCS playoffs, a little, like, 16-team tournament for JMU. Monmouth. If we were on TV, it was it was also the tournament. It was like never had TV coverage. Now it's every Saturday.
7: Yeah, it's great. Believe me, I know. I'm I'm following very closely. Do you follow the Blue Hens? I I don't know Delaware. No, I I originally was from Philly. We moved down here to get yeah. away from uh, some of the stuff.
1: Casey Keeler was the. Uh, head coach at Delaware when they offered me. I thought about going to Delaware and not going to JMU, but I was meeting with their offensive coordinator, and the next week I heard Joe Flacco was transferring there from Pitt, and I was like, I'm not going there. Joe Flacco was coming here, no thanks.
7: Now I, now I, my question that I called up, because I like your acknowledgement, but I'm a little on the Jack Wil, Zach Wilson side. Okay. When I was playing ball, and I I didn't didn't go to Division 1, I played in high school. I was a tight end in high school. And I remember the receiver coach always telling us when you see that ball, you go get it. You don't wait on it to come to you.
1: Yeah, come back to the ball, come back to the ball, come back to the ball. Come back,
7: that's right, come back to the ball. And I felt like, I don't like that receiver. I forget his name right now. But I don't think he even attempted to come back to the ball.
1: Um, um Which player are you talking about? What um, are you talking oh. This week. Oh, okay.
7: Because I started, since I've been listening, it's been a couple of years now, I started following some of the things that people say this guy ain't that good or this guy's that because I want to make my own opinion. And on that interception, I just don't think he came back at all. He okay. sat in the zone and allowed the linebacker to cut in front of him, pick it off, and kill the drive. Yeah, I have the
1: Where cu- I have it queued up in in front of me. Thanks for the call, Bob. So the play that Bob is talking about, it's second and eight, and the Jets have the ball. No, so uh, let's go back, folks. This is this will be a film session with Keith McPherson, quarterback class. So the Jets have the ball at about the 20-yard line, a little bit. Maybe it's the 21, 22-yard line. It's second and eight. First off, it's second and eight. Don't be reckless with the ball. Second second and eight on the 21-yard line when you don't score touchdowns and there's a minute 22 left in the game. You better be sure. So from this film that I pulled up, Xavier Gibson is split out at the top of the screen as the wide receiver far left. Garrett Wilson is in the slot, but he's, he's, he's on the line of scrimmage, so he's not in the slot. This won't let me go back to it. Xavier Gibson is off the ball. Garrett Wilson is on the ball. There is a tight end right and a wide receiver right. The tight end right is Uzama, C.J. Uzama, 87, and the wide receiver right is Alan Lazard. From what I can see, just going um, clip by clip, frame by frame, frame by frame, excuse me, it looks like to me that Zach Wilson thought this was man coverage. It looks like to me that there's there's a, a, a hat on a hat. When you look at all four wide receivers, they all are accounted for. One, two, three, four, yes. Now the middle linebacker, Spillane, who ends up making the pick, who ends up making the interception, his man would be Brees Hall in the backfield. Said, Hutt, these guys all run. It's second and eight. And this is another thing with the play calling. It's just like not good enough. Second and eight. And it looks like to me that they run all curls, where they're just trying to get to the sticks. The outside guys run their their curls more like a hitch route, like five, six yards And the inside guys run curls. Lazard comes in and his man, who I can't really see on this film, but his man who is originally over, the guy that's originally over the tight end, comes down and chips Lazard a little bit within that five yards to kind of bump him off of his route. Lazard comes in and Spillane is already reading Zach Wilson's eyes which Zach Wilson? He's a right-handed quarterback. The ball's on the right hash, ready, set, hut. He's looking right the whole time. So this is this is the short side of the field. So you know he's either throwing if he's not looking the other way, he's either throwing to Uzama the tight end or Lazard. This that's what I'm saying. This was this is uh, there's no defending this. There's no defending this. So as I'm going frame by frame, Uzama runs off. Lazard bends his route around that defender that chips him a little bit. That defender goes into the flat to take Brees Hall. Spillane, all he had to do was read Zach's eyes, take a couple steps back, and jump the throw. I don't think there's any way that Lazard coming back to the ball can beat him there because Spillane was tracking Zach Wilson in the ball before Lazard even got his head around. Maybe Lazard could have come back to the ball and broke it up, but the way that this linebacker made that read, which was an easy read, this guy Spillane used to play for the Steelers, um, I think, last year. Steelers let him walk. I saw Kenny Pickett post him, and I think this is his first year with the Raiders. Is he an all-world linebacker? He's not Fred Warner, but that was an easy interception for a linebacker to make that was in zone coverage, sitting on the throw, reading the eyes of the quarterback, with nobody crossing his face. So I can't defend Zach Wilson on it. When I was even watching the game live, I'm like, you can't make that throw. And as I freeze the frame, you can Google it. Zach Wilson throws game losing interception on YouTube. Simply AS10 posted it. Um. <laughs> Fleek said there might be a lot of results for that. Yeah, but you can Google it. There are three defenders around the one receiver you chose to throw the ball to on second and eight, getting close to the gold zone with the game on the line and a a minute 20 left. As I'm looking at this, Zach Wilson's got a strong arm. Zach Wilson's got a cannon. Then why wouldn't he throw to Xavier Gibson, who has a, a defender five yards off of him and backing up? That's the throw. Xavier Gibson would have got to the sticks, maybe got the first down. But there's also pressure in his face, and he's feeling that. And he gets rid of the ball, and he gives the game away. So Zach Wilson is inevitable. He's going to do things like that. I wouldn't have made that throw. I don't think think a lot of NFL quarterbacks would make that throw. As I'm watching this play, second and eight from the 21. No. And it wasn't even a. He didn't even zip it in. It was like a... Like a medium? No. Hell no. There's no defending Zach Wilson, guys. And it's ridiculous that we've been doing this forever now. 877-337-6666. I got one hour to go. Wide open. Open mic. I'll reset with some topics. But whatever you guys want to talk about, we can do that. BRB.